Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thank you for being with us today. And I am excited because we have a little prop today. And if you can't see this prop, you need to go to our YouTube channel, iworkforhim.com. We are going to be talking all things coffee today. Actually, coffee and Jesus, I think. So, um, Which some of you think, actually, that's the way it's written in Scripture. (laughs) I've seen a lot of t-shirts I like about that. So grab your own favorite um, coffee or tea and come along with us for this interview. And remember, like I just referenced... We do have a YouTube channel, and I work for him. You can go find us there. And I also want to highlight our Awaken Podcast Network. That's a great idea. Awakenpodcastnetwork.com. Go there, and you will find a collection of well over 125 different podcasters that are talking about their faith and their work in their different spheres where they are influencing um, different industries, all for Jesus. So check it out. And I'm sure that there'll be somebody there that will speak into your life in an amazing way. The Awaken Podcast Network.com. Yeah, now over 130 different podcasts on the Awaken Podcast Network. You would have to correct me on that, right? I said over 125. Well, it's now over 130. <laughs> it's significant. All right, coffee. It is. Coffee. It used to be a simple staple, you know, black add cream or sugar or maybe both but today a simple cup of coffee is hardly ever acceptable not that i would know because it doesn't involve mountain dew it has to be on ice or it has to be whipped or frothed or sugared up there are so many ways to have your coffee but how do you turn serving coffee into a ministry and do it among the lifestyles that are rich and famous today we head off to long beach island new jersey sort of the bastion of peace and prosperity that used to be the playground of the everyday family Long Beach Island is the barrier island off New Jersey that millions flock to every summer and that hundreds of thousands call home or their beach home. Dan and Lori Millay grew up on Long Beach Island and and decided to stay and make an impact. Well, apparently they came, they left and got sucked back there is really going to be the story you're going to hear today. They decided to make an impact right there in their community. They're here to share their story. Dan and Lori Millay, welcome. Well, with howyabruin.com, howyabruin.com. You can pull Dan out your Lori Jersey Millay. accent there. Oh, you Bruin. Oh, you Bruin. Howyabruin.com. <laughs> Dan and Lori, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim, Thank Martha, you. thanks for being uh, with us, and it's an honor to join you. Thanks. So just for a matter of explanation, we're not in Long Beach Island today. We are in Fort Lauderdale, which, is, right. which is where Dan and Lori get away from New Jersey, I guess what it is. All right. So we're going to talk about how you guys connect your faith to your work and all all that kind of stuff. But first, tell me, Lori, why did you become a Jesus follower? Well, Dan actually introduced me to uh, Jesus and Bible-based faith back in high school when um, we were dating and led me to Christ and just was a lot different than what I had grown up with at home and mostly just a Christmas and Easter um, you know, going to Sunday school and things like that, but not having God as part of your everyday life. So, Dan, you were missionary dating. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> My parents told me that was not acceptable, and I'm glad it worked for you. It seems like it's been a light. So, tell, tell God tell, has a plan. For that's everybody. right. So, tell us about your story. Why did you become a Jesus follower? Yeah, so my testimony really starts with my dad's. Uh, He was in the Air Force and uh, got sent, told he was getting sent to Alaska for a one year, what's called a remote tour, meaning the family couldn't come with him. And he kind of pushed back hard on that, you know, 
basically told the Air Force, I'm not re-enlisting if you send me there. And mm. uh, tried to do everything he could to get out of it. And uh, little did he know at the time that God had a significantly other uh, other plan for him. Uh, <laughs> well, he so was God backdoored him. Yeah, so he I was like there that. on his second day. Uh, his roommate led him to Christ, and uh, so he came back to the family a year later. And even at six years old, I knew something was different about Dad. So, uh, so he introduced the family to it. And I would say though, it didn't. Uh, I don't want to say take for me, but I be- it became mine at about age twenty three. Uh, what happened was I was. Um, majoring I'm, I'm sorry minoring at a secular university in religion i had a criminal justice major religion minor mm-hmm. kind of knew what i was getting myself into uh minoring in that at a secular university university but what happened was first day of class the professor instructed everyone to rip the gospel of john out of their bibles because he said it never happened and so for me it was kind of that moment of do i believe in this because mom and dad told me or is it real? And so, uh, yeah, wow. that, it became real for me. So as he I, was so threatened by the book of John, he didn't want anybody reading it. Yeah. That tells you about the power of the book of John. And speaking of the book of John, to all of our listeners, you know, we could send you out a copy of the Pocket Testament League copy of the book of John that we've got hand designed for our listeners that says, I double dog dare you to read it. If you call the listener line, we'll give away a cop, we'll, a pack of 10. How about that? Sure. Sounds great. 866-713-9675. 866-713-9675. Get 10 copies of the Gospel of John because this college professor 20 years ago mm-hmm. was afraid of it. That tells you how powerful mm-hmm. the Gospel of John is. Amen. You're guessing on his age, but that sounds well, that sounds good, right? Very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you alluded a little bit to you know you guys meeting. Dan, why don't you lead us in that story of how you guys met? Yeah, so high school sweethearts, my senior year, Lori's junior year. Uh, we kind of kid how we have different stories about it, how it happened. Okay, um, well you tell your story first, and yeah, then let Lori tell uh, her story. I always say that. It, we have Lori's version and then the truth, but um, oh yeah, hers <laughs> was through rose-colored glasses. We've been doing probably, marriage right? mentoring for twenty-two years. Well, we probably know which one's probably true. <laughs> no, but for me, I knew right away. Honestly, I mean, at a young age, I remember taking a walk with Lori that night and saying, um, "I think we'll end up married one day." And mm-hmm. sure enough, two years later, we got we got married. So now, was that up in New Jersey then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, were you walking on the beach when you were? No, we were at a friend's oh. house and just took a walk in the neighborhood, and I. I was I was in instantly. So Lori, what do you want to clarify in anything that Dan is saying? Yeah, there was actually just a little uh, disconnect on who approached who first. True. I guess. Well, that's true. So you and were chasing him, or he was chasing you? Uh, he approached me <laughs> and my friends, and we actually had a um, friend who was there see us this summer in the shop and. Uh, I was the final verdict on it. <laughs> he said the answer was in the yeah. middle. So I yes. think we <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, it's good. So you met in high school, were high school sweethearts, and and like you shared, you led Lori to a mm. faith in Jesus. Yeah, for sure. What a great foundation for that. So so now, how long have you guys been married? Um, almost twenty-seven years. Yes. Yep. Very good. That's very cool. Okay. All right. So. You guys were, you grew up on Long Beach Island. You came to Fort Lauderdale, as we learned as we were getting set up for the show today. What drew you back to the island? Um, Back to the island. Well, we had the opportunity to open a summer business to supplement our income. Dan was going back to school, um, actually for a ministry degree. And, um, you know, what a great way to 
try and make enough money for the year so he could go to school in the winter and um you can make enough opp- money for the whole year by working one summer that's how at the, that's at how the time. then <laughs> wow <laughs> then that's and fantastic. how we were living i guess yeah um yeah i mean that was our plan anyway and uh had an opportunity to start a summer business in a location my parents owned and um decided on that business uh saw a need in the community and started the coffee shop how you brewing.com how you brewing duck you have to say it because it's in new jersey you gotta say it you gotta, how you brewing how you brewing you don't even actually say the h how you brewing all right we're talking with dan and Lori malay and you're gonna hear a lot more of their story about how they set up how you brewing and how they're really ministering to the people understand i just want to make sure everybody understands this interview today was prompted by two of their employees who said to their parents who are friends of ours jim and martha really need to interview this couple so We'll be right back with more from Dan and Lori Malay. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. All right, we're back. We're talking with Dan and Lori Malay. Their business is called How You Brewing. Or if you're from New Jersey, How You Brewing. How would you really say it? I, yeah, that's what, how would you say it? You're really from New Jersey. You've been there a long, <laughs> been more, more years than I was. We're from South Jersey, so we yeah. don't quite talk like How that. You brewing? <laughs> How you brewing? We have a lot of customers that do, though. That's right. That's right. There it is right there. You know, we can't give you away one of these cups because we're drinking out of them. And that would be an anti-COVID kind of a thing. But, you know, there, you can look it up online. I bet you can buy these coffee cups online. Howyoubrewing.com. Or better yet, take your family to the island. To Long Beach Island. There's one bridge on, one bridge off. And just be patient. That's okay. True. All right. So when did you guys realize that the two of you were entrepreneurial? Hmm. Dan, what, what, what? Yeah, for me, it was by accident, though. I think the the core competencies were there. Um, you know, I'm organized, uh, love to think strategically, a good manager of money. Uh, so the, kind of the core competencies were there. And then I quickly realized as we started to undertake it is that it needed to be about people and, mm. and it became about people. And that's so, where Lori came in. <laughs> yeah. We kind of tag team that well. So yeah. um, well, who's better with the people? Hmm. Lori's better with he customers. I, am, I think, I think I, I really take on the, the role of kind of staff shepherd, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's just a passion of mine. So Lori's great with the strangers, if you will, the, you know, the people that we haven't met yet and, and that kind of thing. But you know, the staff's really my heart. So uh, it's a big part of it. You know, I love the fact that, um, you know, you shared just a little bit that this bi- the business was kind of started out of some necessity and just saying, okay, here's something that we can do. So, Lori, what about for you as you guys, dis- you know, determined, okay, we're entrepreneurial. This is something we're doing. Um, how, did you, how did you see that, you know, that was going to work for you guys? Yeah, just um, schedule worked well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, having our own schedule. Um, trying to create our own opportunities in life and um, to uh, to provide for ourselves that um, we saw that need in the community and God has blessed it every year with increase. Okay, Mm. so let's just, in the interest of full disclosure, so Dan, you worked within the Four Walls Church Mm -hmm. prior to opening up the coffee shop. Correct. Okay, and so you already had a heart, you already knew you had a heart and passion for pastoral kind of ministry. For sure. Okay, 
But what helped you make that connection between running a coffee shop, having employees, having all kinds of customers for three and a half months of the year, maybe just three months of the year, and pastoral ministry? Because what I hear is that you guys are pastors, not only to the employees, but also to the customers. So what helped you guys flip that switch? Because, I mean, did you ever hear a sermon about that? Yeah, I think for us, it was, it required a change of mind. I remember when I had my first vocational ministry position, and I remember like thinking, this is incredible. I get to work at and for my church. And I remember walking in uh, to the office of the missions pastor at the time, and I think it was my first day, and I said, Pastor Mark, I can't believe I get to work at my church. And he said, it's okay. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, everybody's saved here. You know, that kind of, and I didn't understand his answer at the time. Um, and when we kind of transitioned from vocational ministry to entrepreneurship, um, it was for me, um, yeah, it was for me a, a need to change my mind about ministry. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, and I can honestly say now, that uh, I feel just as much in ministry than I did when I was working at a church, if you will. And uh, that required a change of mind for me. Ah, but that's the point of what we talk about on I Work For Him all the time. It is just as much a ministry. There's no, I don't know, you've read the same Bible. I know you had to rip out John, but in the other chapters. I don't think he did that. Oh, you didn't read that? You didn't rip out John? No. Is that it talks about the fact that it it doesn't say anywhere that there's two tiers in the kingdom. It doesn't say there's pastors and missionaries and everybody else. It doesn't say that anywhere. I mean, in fact, Jesus was a, he was a small family business owner. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, that sermon, still waiting for that sermon to be preached um, because people don't ever talk about that. But that God loves your work and you've got an opportunity to minister to lost and hopeless people way more in a coffee shop than you ever do in the narthex of a church, let alone the sanctuary of a church. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how does that get lived out? Like you were saying, you know, that you kind of feel like you're the shepherd of your staff and you're really, you know, reaching out to these customers that you have no idea who's going to come through the door on a daily basis. What does that look like for you guys in, in, in living out your faith? Yeah. I think what's really cool is that we're good at such different things uh, that it's just a great partnership. Uh, We often say that I work on the business and Lori works in the business. Mm -hmm. And so the connectedness there, me working on the business, you know, the staff is kind of the natural connection there. And the Lori is just fabulous at execution operation. I'm the big thinker, visionary. Here's what, where I want us to be in five years. And then mm-hmm. Lori's the implementer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's a nice transition and a kind of connection where Lori has those, you know, operational day to day, you know, customer relationships. And I'm able to, you know, focus on the staff and, hey, this is where we want to be. And this is how we get there and, and do that in a way that that honors Christ. We're talking with Dan and Lori Millet from HowYouBrewin.com, HowYouBrewin.com. That's right, right here on this nice coffee cup, HowYouBrewin.com. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can actually see this coffee cup. We'll be right back with more from Dan and Lori. You may have planned financially for your retirement, but did you plan for your purpose in retirement? God gifted you with talents, skills, passions, and experiences that He wants to use to improve the world, not just your golf stroke. Your retirement is an opportunity to share the gospel and live on mission in a completely new way. So get off the sidelines and get back in the game. To learn more about moving from retirement to reformation, check out our new book, I Retire For Him, by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him as we're talking with Dan and Lori Malay from Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Long Beach Island, New Jersey. 
That's actually more Long Island. But anyway, you can, <laughs> their business is called How You Brewing. And I want to know, where did you get the name? Because when people hear How You Brewing, they're thinking beer or coffee, one or the other. Where'd, where'd you come up with the name, Lori? Um, we actually acquired that name from another business owner um, on the island. We actually started our first shop. It was called Village Brew because it was in Viking Village in Barney Light. Um, about two years down the road, um, the couple that owned How You Brewing in a neighboring town, um, they had decided to sell and had given us a call and everything worked out. We ended up moving that to our now location in Surf City and um, decided to rebrand the Barney Light location as High Rune as well to make them all fit. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about um, how you're able to, and Lori, I really want to address this to you. When a customer, she's saying, Dan, give Lori a chance to talk. <laughs> when a customer comes through the door, we were starting to talk about like how that is an area that um, that you really shine in. Um, what does that look yeah. like? You know, say, okay, I'm going to just, we can role play. Say you have somebody comes in, they, they want their cup of coffee, but there's obviously an edge about them. Maybe they haven't had any coffee yet that yeah. day. I don't know what it is. Yeah. What, what does it look like for you to, um, you know, in, in, inject your faith in, in just what you're doing? Yeah. There? It's just asking them about, you know, other centered, you're mm-hmm. asking them about them about their day, what they would like to drink today. Um, you know, whether it's at the register and you only get a few minutes with them and they're on their way and just being kind to them. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not being kind to you, I tell the girls all the time, you know, if you're having a problem with the customer, kill them with kindness because you win every time. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and, um, you know, or you're at the espresso machine and they're waiting while you're w- making their drink. Maybe they seem a little impatient or, you know, uh, n- not everyone's that way. We have so many, you know, great customers that we've gotten to know, but... Um, I can think of a good handful of customers too that you always thought was not maybe a nice person or a grumpy person. And once you got to know them, all of a sudden they're the best, nice customer in the world. And they Mm -hmm. come in and they know your name and, you know, you just change the relationship that way. But that's the Northeastern way though. When you look at New Jersey and New York, it's the hard crusty on the outside, but they're really squishy and gooey on the inside. But they, you you have to earn that ability to get through to the squishy. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, that's just part of the deal. Yeah. Yep. So, Dan, what about you? So, you're managing the employees. How How is it? Because you're you're not just hiring Christian kids, are you? No. So, how are you? How is your faith being played out as you're hiring? Because I know a couple of kids you got are are believers. Yeah. But how? I mean, how's this being played out? I mean, this is your ministry place. This yeah. is your mission field. What, how's it look? You know, there's a, a statement that we share with our new staff when we're training them, and uh, I think it's so effective. We heard it a few years ago. Uh, that says that customer service isn't treating someone the way they deserve. In fact, it's treating them the way they haven't earned and mm. don't deserve. And I think that really translates in particular, I think of Ephesians 4, you know, and, and Paul teaching on forgiveness. And, you know, we don't forgive others because um, they deserve it. Um, and, and God hasn't forgiven us because we deserve it. It's the fact that we've received that in spite of deserving it. And we forgive others because we've been forgiven. And so I think there's just a parallel there and a, a translation and a, tr- a transition to customer service and just treating them the way they haven't earned. You know, and I think you started that sentence with a very key thing in saying, when we're training our new employees, For sure. mm-hmm. I don't want our listeners to hear, to miss that key right there. You're mm-hmm. being intentional in the things that you're transferring to them. You know, we 
we learn core values in the scriptures. We learn character qualities in the scriptures. And you have that opportunity, it sounds like, to then transfer that knowledge to them, whether they know its foundation or not. Yeah. And we actually spend a lot of time on day one of our training talking Mm -hmm. through mission, vision, core values, things like, hey, our default position as a staff is going to be trust. You know, we're not going to fill those gaps between what we, you know, expect and experience within our staff relationships with suspicion. We're going to fill them with trust. trust. You know, love always trusts, the Bible says. So, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, kind of the first Mm -hmm. day we call it our classroom day where we were intentional about, you know, here's our mission. Here's our vision. Here's what drives us. And, uh, you know, we want you to be a part of that. So do they even learn how to make a coffee yet on their first day? No, no. No. They learn wow. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and some key words. But yeah. You might then serve them one. Day two, they get me. They get to watch. And then day three, they get to do. They okay. learn that it's actually espresso, not expresso. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first thing they learn. Amen. <laughs> Those little things that really matter. Like that. Uh, that's a, so key. That it's a latte, not a lottie. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody say that? Yes. Lottie? <laughs> they say lottie? In the Northeast? Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. They can say whatever okay. they want to say. Latte. They like it. So let's talk. <laughs> well, no, no. So, oh, what? Well, what were you going to say? I was going to ask him about marriage. Well, I want to, let me just ask one more question. Well, we'll okay. Marriage. I guess All you right. can. So Grant and Grace Carvin are the ones that threw you guys under the bus. Wow. They're the ones that said, listen, these two business owners are living out their faith in their work. And they're the ones that, they, that their parents are very good friends of ours. They said, Jim and Martha, you guys need to interview um, Dan and Lori. How does it feel to know that you're making an impression on, on so they're, they're grand and grace are 20 and 18, I guess, probably something like that, but yeah. they're watching mm-hmm. you to see how you're running your business. So it's not just that you're influencing non-believers, you're influencing believers as well to show this is what it looks like. How does it, did you realize that kind of pressure was there? Mm. Yeah, I don't receive yeah. compliments well. So, I mean, it's an honor to hear that. It's reaffirming. Um, I think, you know, I think of Proverbs 27 where. Uh, you know, we're taught that uh, let the lips of another praise you. And so mm-hmm. we'll let that lie. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's an honor. Well, I didn't say they said you were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear Let's about be that clear. one. Right? <laughs> no, that, you know, that is great. And it is it is important for you to know and for all of us to realize that what we're doing on a daily basis does impact people either for good or for bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so being intentional about that and really living out your values, shepherding them. Yeah teaching them good customer service skills that are just life skills, right? Like we should treat everyone the way you're treating that stranger um, and give them the benefit of the doubt and and trusting them. Those are all just qualities that, you know, you're impressing on them for their lifetime. I mean, I don't know who said it. I don't remember, but, you know, share the gospel and when necessary, use words. I mean, that's our heart. So, yeah. And that was one of the things we realized going through this, that, you know, the kid, most of our employees are, 16 to 25 mm-hmm. and we are teaching them life skills yeah. as we go along even just basic things that even aren't about work but adding how to work. and subtracting <laughs> Ch- giving change giving things change. like that those are good skills too but think about back to your own life and the people that the impact that they made on you in your first jobs and your mm-hmm. first trainings and your first days of work you know you're you can you have the opportunity to have their undivided attention if it's not undivided, they probably won't last there long, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, what a great honor that is for all of us and, and just thinking about the, the legacy you can leave. So I want to know really quickly, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneurial couple, um, how do you be intentional with your faith and your relationship with each other in the midst of being super busy and, you know, having different um, 
tasks and things you need to take care of for the business. Yeah. I'm going to leave that. I, they're both looking yeah. at each other. And like, a lot of times we word that, how do you protect your marriage from your business? Because right. we find entrepreneurial couples really struggle in this area. You know, and that's, that's it's hard. Time. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I would confess that we have not mastered that. And, you know, if we're being transparent <laughs> with the audience, we would say that um, we'll let you know when we figure that out. Mm. Because, uh, you know, we work together. Yeah. We live together. Um, you know, people talk about work-life balance. For us, I think it's just work-life integration and mm-hmm. how are we going to kind of weave both of those things together. And enjoy in, both. In a way that, yeah. yeah, in a way that strikes that balance as best as we can and honors the Lord. And uh, it's very difficult. And it's funny, you know, I think we would confess we're not awesome at it. Mm. And I think we have kind of, even in the past couple of days and weeks, started to really evaluate, you know, what do we need to do to add to our team that, strikes that balance mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit better. So That's we have some good. hard decisions to make. Thank you. You know, thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that because I, I think a lot of times um, when we're listening to other people's stories, we think they have it all figured out in every area. And it's like, oh, no, no, God is continuing to work on each one of us yeah. in different ways. And, uh, you what? know, it's a continuing story. I know. I had already, I got it all figured out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Listeners, we all know that God they is know. working on all of they, us. They've been listening to this show any time they know that there's issues here. All right. So, Lori, we'll start this question with you. Wide open, Mike. You've got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this, a lot of small business owners, a lot of people that are in the, the business of customer service listening to this show. Speak to them. Give them some encouragement to let them know about the ministry of customer service. Ministry of customer service. That it is one mm-hmm. and that you are making an impact. And like Dan was saying before, you don't have to be in a church to be um, volunteering or ministering or things like that. Um, yeah. You know, you're having an impact on people's daily lives everywhere you are. Have you ever had anybody come back to you the third or the fourth time and go, what's different about you, Lori? What the heck? I mean, come on. I mean, people in New Jersey are blunt. They'll get in your face. Mm. People from New York go to Long Beach Island all the time, so they really get in your face. Have anybody ever corner you on your your witness? Not specifically, I guess, about that. But um, I think they just, uh, if they get to know us, they begin to know. And... um, you know, we get, we do get people all the time that come in and say, wow, I just love this place. I don't know what it is about it or, you know, and we've been faithful in that way with, you know, this is our business. This is what God has given us and we do it well because, or we strive to do it well because it's what he's given us down to the clean bathrooms and the, you know, everything. Clean bathrooms. You know, so <laughs> you much. Know, you know, I would guess. It really does. They really would, do. When a customer says something like that, you know that they like what you're selling, mm-hmm. but they love what it brings to them, you know, how they feel. And so much of, I mean, you've heard so, so many people talk about, you know, the psychology of coffee and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's like, it is about the feeling. And yeah. if you're making them mm-hmm. feel good right. when they come into your place, that is such a testimonial. So Dan, yep. open mic. What yeah. is something you want to share? Yeah, there's a there's a culture in coffee, and it's intriguing um, and challenging sometimes. But it's such a routine based business, and that's what we love about it. You know, we lit- um, You know, if you go out to get your coffee, you probably go to the same place every yeah. day, and so we have that opportunity to see people every day. And you know, I even think of customers, and we've had we've had a tough winter. Uh, losing some customers to some mental health issues and, you know, mm. uh, you know, that not ending well. And I just, you know, those kinds of things and those kinds of opportunities to interact with people on a daily basis as part of their routine. I mean, it just doesn't get any more ministry like than that. So you ever get a chance to pray with people? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm more on the staff realm, the kind of thing. So, 
Um, and, and, you know, you, you guys were talking about the carbons before just to see other staff members go up to them and say, you guys are different. Tell me mm-hmm. why, you know, just have the ability to kind of replicate mm-hmm. into staff like that and see that happen is, is such a blessing. So. so let's just say there's somebody listening in Oklahoma city, or maybe they're listening in Boise, Idaho, or they're listening in Southern California. You're like, I want to open up a coffee shop like that. Can you guys help them do it? Can you figure out how to put a, how you brewing in, in uh, LA? <laughs> We're in fact wow. a legal <laughs> franchise right now. So the answer is yes. And you can go to own a, how you brewing.com. Sorry for the but commercial. Not just, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Maybe that wasn't the question. Why not? But the question is, I mean, it's one thing to sell a franchise. It's another thing to sell Jesus yes. in the franchise. Can you help people to understand the significance of the ministry of coffee? Yeah, I, I just think it requires a, a mind shift for people. Um, and I wasn't there. I mean, I, I had to experience that for myself, that this is a ministry. Here's why. And make that sort of Romans 12 to kind of change your renew your mind in that area decision. Mm. And then approach it that way and get up every morning and remind yourself that, you know, you're on the front lines as a, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a coffee shop operator in the lives of people. Dan and Lori Malay, thank you for being at I Work For Him today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work For, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com.